1: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
2: All right. Here I am.
1: This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. <laughs>
3: This episode is sponsored by Laura Cook, who just became a new Patreon. Listen out for details later in the show
4: of how you could sponsor Dumpty Dum. So that was a wonderful jazzy Dumpty Dum. This must be Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality donkey drummer that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Millers. on the Heisenberg. That is also Roy Phil Brown. And today I'm joined by the truculent
3: teenager that is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguen. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is from Marie Bray and on this episode we're lucky enough to hear from lots of caller which is fantastic There was our Witherspoon Simon from Shropshire Fuller Love, Tracy from California Oh, our friend Jojo Sexy Heels and Mike Jennings via the email
4: Plus all of that good stuff We have a tweet of the week from our Purple Pumpkin and we have a social media roundup from our Sandra. And don't forget, folks, of course, if this is dum dum, we have the Facebook roundup and we're going to be welcoming our new members to our Facebook group.
3: But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, the Queen or Tart.
5: Hello, lovely people. It's Sue, uh, Queen or Tart on the Twitters, and another week in Ambridge. And what a strange week in Ambridge. Well, I say that like we ever have a normal. Week. I end up baffled as to how the scriptwriters end up where they are and how they write stuff which bears so little resemblance to the real world. They sparked me off to shout at the radio at least half a dozen times this week and it counts as a shouty week. I must try not to take these things to heart. Volunteering is a dangerous game in Ambridge, especially where Lindy Bottom is concerned. Why, oh why, isn't she using her volunteers' talents better? Put Stella in goal instead of Harrison and he can go in the dunk tank. Any fool can see that's a sensible swap, so of course it's not going to (sighs) happen. Stella should have stood her ground regardless of whether Lindy thinks she was making up an excuse. It's just not ringing true for me. Where is the confident woman we've been impressed by in the past? I imagined myself trying to have a similar conversation with Linda and thinking about shoving my hand into a bucket of spiders. It's just not going to be something I'll be persuaded over. I didn't go to Australia for an eclipse because of my phobia and I don't believe in Stella capitulating like that. I was stunned, however, that Pip could behave like an adult and help Stella at the swimming pool after she sounded like a spoilt, whiny child talking about Tony Toby leaving. Couldn't she go to Stratford and leave Toby? Good honour, though, for the swimming stuff. On the subject of volunteers, I had to shout a bit when Pat was talking to Toya Wilcox. She still looks like herself. Pat clearly doesn't look beyond the end of her nose. And again, when Joyce failed to meet Toya. What the hell was Joyce doing? How far away was she? Hidden round the back somewhere. You don't lose sight of your stand to a perfect stranger, especially one who's just lied to you about who they are. As an aside, Toya is apparently one of the nicest women in the world. I have friends who live across the road from her who speak very highly. I think we're supposed to think that Mick is the salt of the earth. And I suppose what Joyce thinks is what matters. But how annoying he is. And talking of annoying, George, I want to be a burglar when I grow up, Grundy has matured into a right little thug. And he shed more of his colours this week, looking up to Susan for having been to prison. Dragging Brad into his Grundy-penorial business. No one should go into business with the Grundys from past experience. And especially not with George. I just had to take my professional hat off and suspend my disbelief. They set up in a shed to make vaping products. Really? You can't just go onto eBay and buy nicotine for very good reasons. Where did he get it from? Who are his contacts? Brad sounds like he's trying to follow good manufacturing practice in a shed. I had to explain to my beloved why I was shouting at the radio again. I did feel for Will, though. Assuming it had to be sepsis again, very similar symptoms. Will clearly needs to go deep inside himself and create more pottery masterpieces to get it off his chest. I'm so glad it's radio. I'm very glad to hear Robert and Jimus are still going bird watching, And the conversation between Lindybottom and Justin was a hoot. I love a crass, cloth-eared philistine. The hot pot sounded very unappealing and they just couldn't eat it in stony silence, could they? They are going to take over the world, clearly, this double-headed monster. Talking of chats with Justin, I'd have thought Lillian would jump at putting Alice in the stables. I don't really get why they're choosing someone. Surely it's up to Shula? And finally, our Tracy. That HR interview was just awful. She's got her card marked, good and proper. Get out of there, Tracy. Do anything else, my lovely. It did sound like she was lying through her teeth to Chelsea. But going on to a totally different shift to Gemma would solve some issues. Do nights or something. Mm. We know it doesn't make for good drama, though. So let's grit our teeth with Lidge fate. And I hope not to have to shout at the radio quite
3: so much this week. Till next week.
6: Ooh,
4: did you shout at the radio much this week, uh, Jacqueline?
3: No, not really. I groaned a bit, but didn't shout. What about you? Did you shout?
4: Well, I I don't know if I shouted, but I did go... Blimey this is Breaking Ambridge, as in Breaking Bad. Or Breaking Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Breaking Brad. I was like, crumbs. Right, this is so obviously (laughs) taken from that. But I, here's the thing. I love a bonkers storyline, which has kind of a homage to something else. And this is so obviously, you know, Breaking Bad, Brad, Breaking Ambridge, Breaking Am. That I just thought, you know what? I love it, and I love. I do miss um, Eddie Grundy being the ne'er do well wheeler dealer, and now we have it with George. But I think George is very obviously going to sail much closer to the wind because he's going to be an out and out criminal. And I love the fact that um, uh, Brad is is the scientist. You know, the you know the, the brains behind it. I, I, was just, I just thought this is all a whole level of bonkers did completely I shout at the radio no but did i enjoy it absolute
3: yeah i mean it was one of those um well as you say completely bonkers how did they manage to hustle together all the equipment to make it in 2 days he was only proposing it to Brad on tuesday and by thursday he'd poisoned himself so <laughs> with all the equipment
4: <laughs> but you know what, Brad did keep on saying, you know, we're going to do this properly. This is science, and you know, you can't be, you know, trying out the samples. Then look, look what he he went and did. But but anyway, you know what, we have so many calls and things to get through that I reckon, um, Madame Berto, we should do a little bit of this and then. Cr-
1: frack on
4: hello I'm now first off two. we go with our big guns uh it's glynn fuller love and by the way Glyn, i'll be uh, i did send you a text message today so if you could respond to that that'd be too sweet all right smashing here we go here's glynn fuller love and um, he's rather important around these dumdy dum parishes. Glyn Fullerlove, over to you.
6: Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Just a few quick thoughts from me this week on Tracy. Uh, it didn't seem to me that the resolution to her work problems has actually happened the way she described it to um, Jazza and Chelsea, and I think it was Tuesday night. But we didn't hear anything else on it for the rest of the week, which was a little bit curious. Um, Then, of course, we have Brad getting involved with George and the vaping. And my initial thought on Friday evening was, well, Will is going to go ballistic over this and have a row with Ed and Eddie and Emma, possibly. But I'm actually wondering whether the row is going to be between Tracy and Susan, because Susan had uh, more than an inkling that George was actually responsible for the um, post office, uh, the post box, and has been up to no good and has um, had the potential to lead Brad astray, but hasn't told or warned Tracy. And when Tracy realizes what's been going on, she is going to have a real go at Susan uh, or possibly also Emma um okay well uh any other things anything else that caught my mind this caught my uh, ear this week well stella i can well believe stella has a phobia um, a water phobia um i was a little bit surprised to learn that it came from not being able to get out of a kayak when young Um, when i was um, in the scouts many years ago we were taken kayaking and what i remember the easiest thing was to uh, get out of the kayak when it capsized, you just simply dropped out. The more difficult thing was getting back in. So I can believe she has a phobia, not sure about the way it was caused. Anyway, uh, thank you for the podcast. Stay safe, everybody, and speak again soon.
4: Bye. Uh, thank you, Mr. Fuller Love. Uh, just before you answer this um, in a very fulsome, erudite, and intelligent way, I'll hold my hand up and say, I don't actually have a fear of water. Large expanses of water and me do not fundamentally get on. Can I swim? Technically, yes. Got my 10 metres and 25 metres badge when I was about 10, 11, and, you know, you had it sewed onto your swimming trunks. But as an adult, don't like large expanses of water. So I have some level of sympathy with Arstella. But that's me, and that's where I begin and end with this storyline. Jacqueline Berto, the floor is yours.
3: Crikey. Well, I love swimming. I spend half my life looking for places to swim. So, uh, uh, winter, summer, the lot. I love it. I love swimming so much. I just can I just can't get enough of it, but I do understand fears. So I think that it was a very genuine fear that she was expressing. How it has Glyn said how it came about is, you know, it's entitled to her. But what this story really made me think about was how nice Alice was with her. Alice was really quite. Um,
4: Pip? Uh, yeah, duh, sorry. <laughs> God gracious. <laughs> start that start again. I'll leave it that bit out.
3: <laughs> I was really pleased to hear Al- uh, Pip being very, very grown up with um, Stella, offering to help her. It's not often we see the nice side of Pip. I think we have We ever seen the nice side of Pip before?
4: Harsh, harsh. <laughs> uh, it's very harsh. I think Pip. Is a, a mini shula listeners just don't like her Re- almost regardless, right? And she's not exactly a mad axe murderer, right? I think it's a little bit unfounded. And I think, Jacqueline Berto, you've been influenced by the Twitter brigade here saying, Ah, oh, Pip, blah, blah.
3: yeah, possibly. But-, but there's one thing about her is her voice, it's a bit uh, un- too undulating for me. I kind can- of don't know where she's going next oh. with it, so. That's a small irritant about her, but she was. Her voice is like a roller coaster, Indeed. basically. Indeed, it is. A bit like a life, really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but don't you think um, there's a bit of um, uh, a frisson of something between her and Stella? I, 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 I said this I weeks ago and you mind. didn't like it.
4: <laughs> I don't mind Pip. I don't mind Pip. But here's a question, though. Admittedly, I had my nine months hiatus, but has there been any um, scenes between Pip and Stella before? Because to me, that came out of nowhere.
3: Ah, right, yeah, right at the beginning, um, there was um, some nasty kind of backbiting uh, conversations to do with where some sheep were kept. Some of Brookfield's oh, okay. sheep were on the land that Stella needed and the, it was a, about a messages being passed between um uh Pip, her father, her mother, and Stella, and all being confused. And then actually Stella seemed to be getting on really, really well with um Ruth. And that seemed to cheese Pip off a bit. So
4: Gotcha. So they so they do have some yeah. level of relationship yeah. because all right, because all of a sudden, them bumping into each other, them being almost like buddies. Best wasn't yeah. buddies. I was a bit like, what? Mm. But, but okay. Yeah. So, they so do, do have form. Now, very obviously, this, this is less about uh, being the dunk, the vicar, and more about unveiling. Uh, the backstory to this new character. is Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it is.
3: Because we had a bit about her dad as well, didn't we? About the fear of him uh, not coming back
4: one day. Absolutely. And hopefully Mick is going to be the same conduit for us to understand exactly who Joy is because she's just wrapped up in a mystery, isn't she? She's an enigma wrapped up in a mystery. And we did have last week, there's a little... Bit of foreshadowing as we're going to discover who she is now through this burgeoning relationship, however, whatever form it takes with, with Mick. Because Adil did say, um, that remember he was trying to figure out her through the palm yeah. reading, but then she turned it absolutely and she was asking yeah. him questions, whatever. And he said, worse to the effect of you know, you do a whole load of talking, but you know, you don't really say anything, Worse to that effect. Uh, so I'm I like Joy, but I'm not a massive Joy fan, and I realise that's not at all what Glynn was talking about. So I'm going to shut up, (laughs) right, and then say to you, what else? What else did did Glynn ponder on uh, this week? Because I'm just going the possible
3: Susan and Tracy debacle over George. I agree with yes. I agree with Glenn. I think it's been a, going to be a massive falling out between those two sisters about George leading old um, uh, Brad astray. Astray.
4: astray. Although it's a stupid story, no. <laughs> it, it is. But I, I tell you though, in terms of teenage boys being silly and having schemes, um, I think teenage boys should be, should be able to be silly and have schemes. Yeah. Whether they should be, they, these schemes should be around vaping, and probably not. Right, <laughs> no. But I like the fact that one set up as the marketing whiz and the other one is the brains. But anyway, I, and I think that's a really astute um, observation uh, by Glynn yeah, because indeed. it does um, put the two sisters completely at, at loggerheads. Mm. You know, that, that's smart. That's the reason why, Glynn. Is Glynn full of love? Because he's like smarter than the average cookie, isn't he?
3: He is indeed. It's very good. Wait for his insight Mm. before we speak.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You know what? We should actually get crib notes from him before we actually start. Say, (laughs) Glynn.
3: Actually, maybe we should get him to do
4: the podcast. (laughs) That's a stunning idea.
3: Yeah. Are you trying to make me redundant? No, or myself. No.
4: (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. You and Glynn match made in podcast in heaven, I reckon. Good just gracious. saying. Gracious. Now, uh, so that's Glynn Fuller Love. And uh, he is um, somewhere in Middle England. I, I forget exactly where. I think he's a bit by county wise. He's kind of Derbyshire and somewhere just outside of London. I don't know. Let's say Godalming in Surrey or something like that. But anyway, uh, that's Glynn Fuller Love. Uh, Mr. Middle England. And I say that with the greatest of respect. Now, we're going to go all the way over to the west side the west coast of the united states is our tracy she's in california don't you know
7: hey dumpty dummers, this is tracy from california i um am happy to see joy back this week um i really like her she's sweet she's a little lonely but she's super sweet um i do have to say with regards to going to the juice festival or wherever they were going why couldn't Helen go and flog her own cheese? <laughs> she, I mean, you know, she could um, leave the boys and leave and they could have a little boys weekend with the father or something. But why can't Helen go do her own thing with her own cheese? Um, also, Pat didn't even ask the event people if it was OK for her to just go showing up with random plates of cheese to be handing out like they might not want that or they may have some sort of testing standard or something. That she didn't even bother to think about um, the thing that stood out for me this week was Chelsea. Um, first of all, she is so obnoxious and drives me bananas. And I know people will say young people are obnoxious, but they do not have to be. She's struggling at work, um, partially because she was never properly trained. And that's on great, great gables. Like they know that what where that girl came from and even the social tendencies of the adults in her family. So, of course, she's going to need some soft skills training. So they should have trained her instead of punishing her she also needs some stress and anger management and maybe her sentence for the crime she committed will will help her with that russ is creepy i'm just putting that out there and i just won't even say, i don't even need to elaborate but he's gross his voice is gross and the way he talks to chelsea is gr- he's just gross um also with the conversation she walked in on with jazzer and her mom i don't understand why people feel they have to tell kids everything. There are times it's appropriate to tell children that is not your business. And that's not a conversation that you are a part of. So you don't need to know. That's okay. Anyway, that's my time. Instant cut Ooh, off. Thank you, for that, Tracy.
4: <laughs> right. You start, I'll I'll pick up your threads. <laughs> Great.
3: Um Joy is sweet. I like Joy. And I agree with Tracy that Joy is very sweet and very lonely. Um, so I think it was good that we had her working with Pat and them being friends, uh, for the, um, I can't even say what the, whatever festival it was, the name of it. It's something to do with Cotswolds, wasn't it? Cots, Cots Delicious or something. What's the name of the festival? Cots
4: Extravaganza. It? That was nice. sounds
3: almost rude. Um, but. The cheese business. The reason that Helen wasn't there is because there are 8 billion other cheese producers. Now, let's talk Toya Wilcox. It's a mystery. Oh, it's a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Does she still look the
4: same? I I don't know.
3: Well, I think, I don't know about looking the same, but she sounds the same. And I've seen her live a few times and on the stage a few times. So um, the first time I saw her, actually, was on the stage in a play called Taming Tansy. Which was about boxing, mm-hmm. female boxers. So
4: when you said you saw her on stage, I thought you meant actually as Toya Wilcox as you musician. Know, I did, the yeah. Musician, like,
8: as yeah. a
3: singer. So okay. as a singer as well, but but the acting was kind of parallel with the singing, because it was she was a showwoman, but her voice sounded exactly the same. She's actually from Birmingham, isn't she? I th- I was thinking of her as a Londoner because I saw her in London for the first time.
4: <laughs> so. Right, you know what? I think she's one of us, a Brummie, uh, but I'm going to have a look. Well, she like, might just, well whilst be. You, whilst you keep entertaining the listeners, I'm just quickly doing a Google. Now, I'm just actually
3: so going to talk, talk about
4: Tracy's call
3: as well because you talked about Chelsea and
4: how obnoxious
3: she is, and I agree. She's a very cross teenager. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, in fact, um, Tracy... She works at Lower Locksley, not Grey Gables, but that's just a, an aside. Um, so anger management, I don't think she's more angry than the average teenager. I just think she's just in a situation where she's out of a depth and hasn't learnt to control it yet. Maybe I've just had obnoxious teenagers in my life. <laughs> Who knows? I've got a 14-year-old arriving for a week tomorrow, so don't let me talk about obnoxious teenagers.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but your granddaughter's not obnoxious.
3: Oh, she wasn't. The last time I saw her four years ago. No, you're right.
4: <laughs> she, a lot could have changed in that time. I, I believe it has. Uh, Toy Wilcox, born in Kings Heath, in Birmingham. Oh,
3: well, Birmingham! Just, oh, there you are, along with the same. other I famous
4: people. The yeah, good. Absolutely, all the best people. She should have been at the Commonwealth Games um, closing ceremony. Then she should have been. I Don't know how they missed that one. And considering the amount of eighties acts out there, anyway, uh, movies. Is there anything else uh, to add from what uh, Tracy in California um, talked about? Um, I don't agree
3: with you about Russ's voice, Tracy. I think he's got a lovely voice. Don't know whether what I think about the
4: person, but his voice is very smooth. It is dripping in something, isn't it? I'll, you could say treacle, or it's a little bit too sad. It's a little bit too perfect, and it's a little bit too. Poised, do you know what I mean? I do know is what it... you mean, but I quite like so it. I do, I do understand how somebody could could take against it, because um, it, it's literally just too perfect. But I, it's almost, almost old fashioned. Mm. Not quite. It, it's it's a bit like Adam, and Adam's delivery is almost of a bygone era. Mm. You know, and uh, Russ is of the same, same kind of ilkery.
3: Yeah, I agree. Anyway,
4: maybe I just don't hang out with posh people that speak like that. I don't Me know. Me neither. Come on now.
3: Nobody I know really? speaks like that.
4: They all speak French, yeah. that's why.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've got a current new neighbour who's got a very beautiful, sexy French
4: voice and doesn't speak English. Oh, yeah. So yeah, very nice. But here's the thing, to English ears, French accents sound sexy anyway.
8: Yeah, that's true. So you're true. saying somebody
4: who, who who the default is that their accent sounds sexy, sounds sexy. So who's the sexiest of sexy French accents is what you're saying?
3: Mm, yeah, but rather strangely for my very banal cross English, north, south divide voice, apparently when I speak French, a lot of people really find it very attractive. Really? And that's really weird. I think it's very weird. <laughs> i have people come up to me after meeting sometime and say it's so fantastic to hear your voice
4: (laughs) (laughs) so just i'm kind of fascinated by this and we'll quickly move on uh to to the other bits of the show um so which french accents are seen as being sexy or or intelligent in France, which regions of France in the way that people speak?
3: I think the uh, Parisian clipped accent is um, considered kind of intellectual um, and formal. It's the kind of voice a bit like Macron has, Monsieur Macron has, um, whereas um, a southern voice, which is very... uh, um, Uh, sing-songy and it's kind of fun but not necessarily to be taken serious seriously and I always think of it as we say pain for for bread and they say pang so that's a basic difference that uh, if you imagine that in a whole conversation it's not it's not exactly the high echelon of French accents
4: gotcha 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 you know what I, I always learn from doing a podcast a year, <laughs> Madame Berta. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Let's thank talk you. Cambridge now. now <laughs> well, you know what? We are going to talk Cambridge after uh, we do this. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message like uh, Glyn full of love" or "Our Trace from California" uh, is to go to wwwspeakpipecom forward com slash dum or you can go to dumdidum.com and hit the little red. Uh, tab over there on the left or the right, I can't remember uh, whether it's left or right, uh, on the homepage. And now don't forget the T if you go and speakpipe.com. Uh, you'll also find a link in the podcast show notes.
3: And we need your calls in by 6pm on Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part.
4: Now this podcast is all about you, the people, and it's the people's podcast, as penned by Stephen Bowden, not Quentin Rayner, because I had a little back channel to say, "Oi, mush!" Right? I penned that little ditty, and uh, Quentin Rayner uh, held his hand up and says, yeah, this is actually true. I cannot take ownership of that." Yeah, so Stephen Bowden, very sorry. So this is the people's podcast. Now, if it's the people's podcast, there are three things that you can do to help us. First off, first of all, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher and if you could give us a five-star review that would be hugely appreciated and guess what Jacqueline Berto I found two reviews that have fallen down the back of the sofa Uh, so yes so here's here's a thing for you Um, if you are listening to us on whatever podcatcher service and they allow you to write reviews set and you've written one send us an email the link to it and we'll read that out we have just been reading our apple itunes reviews but we will read out all reviews that have been submitted to dum dum and we found two that run pod chaser right so anyway so that's that those reviews coming up in a bit now finally the third thing is that you could consider becoming a patreon and we know that we have a patron who sponsored the show and it's laura cook so if you would like to uh, sponsor uh, dum-de-dum by becoming a patreon uh, patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards uh, so if you go to patreon.com which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com search for dum dum we'll be chuffed a bit to have your support and as i said before we have a brand new patreon this week it's laura cook uh laura welcome to the inner sanctum welcome to all things good lovely holy and cuddly that dum-de-dum Now, uh, before we go back to our calls, don't forget you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by going on to dumdum.com and hitting the Contact Us button, and uh, we have it on good authority that the email snafus are no longer with us because our friend Liv Harris and a crack team of web developers have fixed the bugs. Now, we go back to our caller in and we have Simon from
9: Shropshire. Hi Royfield and Jacqueline and Dumsey Dusey everywhere. It's Simon from Newpoint, Shropshire. I'm just bringing up really to talk about the criminal masterminds that is the Grundy family and the uh the likelihood that it's gonna all go pear shaped within within a very few episodes. Eddie Grundy should never ever give parental advice. he was terrible with his own two boys, and George like seems like he's going the own way um apart from that, I hope Brad is a better influence on him, uh, it seems like he sees bad as the brains of the operation, which cannot be a bad thing. But I just hope that, that lazy writing doesn't ensue and uh, he doesn't go uh, pigeon-old as the local <sighs> colourful chappy that are the are the other Grundy family. Apart from that, I'd like to say it's uh, nice to see that the, uh, the story around uh, Alice, uh, getting to run the stable seems like to, seems to be a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy that was uh, uh, spoken about on Dumpty Dum, so it's nice to see that. And I'd just like to say I love the podcast. It's the second time I've called him, and I've listened to The Archers since 2005 and before that when my parents when I was young, so this is a real, one of my favourite things to listen to and I really enjoyed. Nice to speak to you. Bye now.
3: Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? He likes us. Did he actually say that, or oh, did he say he likes Dum Dum? Yeah, well, yeah, he likes Dum Dum, but it's, it's us a bit more than others at the moment, isn't it? So let's say he likes us. Well,
4: j- <laughs>
3: <laughs> get, get credit where we can, Roy Field.
4: True that. True that. <laughs> well, I always feel like the weakest link. That that that, that, that that's all. <laughs> Good yeah, I'm, I'm acutely aware of, of that fact. Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on, let us. Uh, Dig into uh, what Simon, second time caller in a uh, said in his call. Uh, and I know you've got your copious notes. So, as always, you take the lead and I shall follow.
3: In fact, he's called in three days ago. And in fact, mm-hmm. it was like a 100% correct prediction. It was all going to go wrong and it did. So, well done, Simon. It was absolutely brilliant, brilliant prediction. And it actually came true in three days. So, there you go.
4: I'm surprised it all went tits up as fast as it did.
3: Yeah, but it's what's how what's going to happen next, isn't it? I and mean, that's the next mm,
4: bit. Absolutely, absolutely, and and also it's going to be interesting seeing Will's response, mm. considering we now have a, a new Will Grundy, don't we?
3: Yeah, we do indeed. And the uh, end, his absolute panic that it was sepsis um, yeah. uh, was was raw, really raw, uh, and very understandable, I think, under the circumstances.
4: Yeah you you can really just imagine his his panic of seeing his son just um ill out of nowhere yeah very similar to his wife um a, f- a few years ago you know i've always thought that the relationship between will ed and george is something which um has never really been talked about it like this kid has Two dads, and that's not unique.
3: No,
4: but two dads who are brothers mm, that is fairly unique. Who, that's fairly unique, and especially, and then it's two brothers who historically have not got on. I know there's been somewhat of a meeting, you know, in the last five, six years or so a rapprochement. Mm. Um, hey, very see good the French there, very continental. Hey, there you go. Um, very out of step with with times in Britain to be continental. Yes, you know. Sorry for you, all. but anyway, let's not bring Brexit into it. Um, and I'm sure that as we discover more and more about George, his unique upbringing is going to be the reason for him to be a wronger. You know, this two dads thing, who are brothers. Yeah, you know that has to be part of it.
3: I'm not so sure that the it's the upbringing. I don't... I'm not so sure that that's going to be what's making him turn him into a wrong one. I think it's definitely... Why do you think he was just born rotten to the core? No, do I don't. Exactly. I think that he's encouraged by um, his grandfather. Eddie was definitely Eddie. encouraging him, trying to say, oh, well, you know, and when he was having the conversation, the argument with Ed about vaping anyway... Well, mm. there was Eddie saying, well, you did worse, underage drinking, blah, blah, blah. And so I think it's actually, yeah, he's a bit of a badder. And we have thought he was going down the wrong line with with um, his uncle being there and the stealing of the money a few years ago and stuff like that. But mm. Eddie is definitely not helping.
4: No, he's not. He's not. It was Alf, wasn't it? It was Alf, it? yeah, the, yeah um, that's the brother,
3: wasn't
4: yeah. he? Yeah, Who yeah, took it all on the chin. Uh, for, for George, didn't didn't let on that he'd actually stolen stolen the money, and uh, yes, but but that unique childhood has got to be referenced at some point. But you know what? Well, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but yes, it's yes.
3: a unique childhood in a certain family setting, and the Grundys are a
4: certain kind of family. But he's also he's fifty percent bin too. Indeed, well, you There's know, no hope for the and poor child. That, uh, Absolutely, especially, you know, if you have Clive uh, as an uncle, he's an out-and-out out villain.
3: No.
4: You know, all, all the terrible things that he did with the, the raid in the post office, and was it Christine who he kept hostage? Yeah. All kind of craziness, yeah. and whatever. So, um, yeah, and that's the reason why Susan ended up in, in Nick, yeah, because she didn't. Dobbin, uh Clive back back in the day. so
3: in fact, what we're saying really is that George is a scriptwriter's dream as far as his backstory is concerned,
4: <laughs> he absolutely is he absolutely is but uh yeah hmm hadn't thought about it like that, but yes, <laughs> absolutely and and the script writers always like writing uh baddies as opposed to to goodies it's much more fun, um well, it
3: makes a change from a rural idyll doesn't it
4: true that, true that Madame Berto. Shall we leave talk of a rural idyll and maybe go to a metropolitan hub at the Upper Lower East West Side and have a little touch of the Witherspoons?
1: Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy.
8: Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Big news this week the Archers introduced a spin-off series, Breaking Bad Ambridge Edition, The Vape Lab? Or did our favorite docudrama finally jump the shark? First, a shout out to Ed and Will. We do have to give them more credit for their journeys to the men and fathers they have become, considering what a shite dad they had. Eddie, our occasionally lovable scalawag, did not have a very good week, and we could see that his flaws are chronic and significant and are now affecting the next generation. Now, I never watch Breaking Bad, but I have a pretty good idea of what went on in it. So let's move on to the young imps, George and Brad, as Eddie would probably refer to them. In the last few weeks, we've had a quick immersion into their personality development and relationship, which now we see was to build to this dramatic moment. I'm sure everyone reacted as I did when the story quickly unfolded. Scriptwriters, writers, were you bored? Were you knowingly joking with us? George, now a budding cray, and Brad, the genius with morals, gone wrong trying to please his bully? What does Brad know about constructing a lab, and in two days no less? I immediately thought, how long will it take for someone using the product to get sick with some sort of fungal or bacterial infection? The answer was, not very. By the time you hear this, We'll know some other answers. Will George survive? Probably. <laughs> will Brad be racked by horrible guilt and confess everything, including Eddie's approval of the plan? Yeah, I think so. Or will this be a red herring? Maybe George did eat some dodgy food, and they'll merrily proceed with their criminal plans. Stay tuned for the next episode of Breaking Bad, Ambridge edition. Talk to you soon. Mmm.
4: Very good indeed. Very good indeed. I hope that he's just eating something dodgy and they continue with this bonkers criminal storyline, this juvenile criminal storyline, because how, how, you know, where can it go? You know, they're not going to be selling vape products, flavoured rural vape products uh, to half a Borsetshire, are they? No, they're you know, not.
3: They're, don't seem getting the Maserati 15... soon, either.
4: Exactly. You know, <laughs> was it a Maserati during the week and a Range Rover at the weekend?
6: <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but, but, but here you go. If ever we needed uh, more proof of what a St. Brad is, yeah. he would just give his mom the money.
3: Yeah. it Wasn't that lovely? <laughs> and the fact that George dismissed it. Really do yeah, we...
4: there's just a bit of a silence from George for <laughs> yeah. a second and then it's...
3: <laughs> That's good. A good contrast between the two of them. I still don't quite see why Brad's going along with it, but I think maybe...
4: But I'll I tell you the reason why. It's approval. It's approval of sorts and an approval uh, from somebody who is actually, is his peer, yeah. who's actually ignored him. He says, you've ignored me at school, right? And then here is somebody who then he turns around and says, I need you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very powerful thing yeah. for 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 anybody to have that uh, approval all of a sudden, let alone a teenage boy who is somewhat isolated.
3: Yeah, you're right. You're right, so, Troyfield. You know. I agree. I know I agree with you. Good I
4: question. know I am right. <laughs> but I tell you who else is right with yeah. uh, a spoon. Yeah. As a stunning call, sir. Stunning call. Uh now, shall we go on to your friend and mine now?
3: Yes, the one Dumpty
4: Dummer that we've both met. Yes. It's Jojo Sexy Heels.
2: Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Long time no speak. Lovely to see that Royfield and Jacqueline are running the show. I've met you both and great people. I only have one little thing for this week. Obviously, we've got the village fate. We do need a celebrity. And to use the words of a certain Toya Wilcox's song, a shot in the dark, a big question mark. Definitely got to be Toya, hasn't it? Mm. Bye for now.
4: It would just be odd if Toya only came on for that one episode, Mm. wouldn't it? Well, Pat actually invited her, didn't she, to the fate? so. Oh, crumbs. There you go. I I didn't even
3: Yeah, she told her where she could buy the cheese.
4: Yes. Well done. Well done, you. Yeah. Uh we,
3: ha- you know, we haven't talked about Mick what's that Mick did we talk about Mick and Joy No, we haven't we haven't do you think he's a good or a bad one
4: here's the thing the only thing we talked about was the fact that he's going to be used as a, a plot device for us to discover Joy's backstory her tragedy with Rochelle you know, why Why is the reason why they're estranged, etc., etc., et cetera? And who exactly Joy is? Because we, we just don't know. But those jokes were awful. In the <laughs>
10: yeah.
4: Oh, my God. And she was giggly <laughs> as hell. It was right up Joy Street. But, my God, if I was Pat, I would have got out of there at least half an hour earlier. I think she was, she
3: you know, was being I a good be- friend, though, wasn't she? She said she'd stick by she for was. a while, and then she managed she to was. have a little bit of a word, a mama bear word, with him uh, when Joy was off mm-hmm. um, powdering her nose. Uh, yeah. So that was a, that was a very good scene, I thought. But I still, um, I reserved good judgment whether he's a goodie or a baddie. But as you say, it could be a very good conduit for um, getting her story out
4: think that's that's going to be the whole reason for him to be you know to come into the show because yes tony's friendly with joy and we had the um big blurt from sausage boy thinking that joy had a hooked into her dad which was r- rather funny um but for all of joy's outgoing friendliness and taking in a kit off in in that yeah. in the art class you know we don't we know nothing about uh, and Adil said last week, you know, you, you know, you do a lot of talking, don't know anything about you. So this is this is yeah. the start of a of joy being revealed a uh, backstory. Junked. So, uh, so I, I think Mick is good in that regard, but oh, I, I don't know if I can listen to too many uh, <laughs> scenes with them pair <laughs> these <laughs> terrible jokes. But anyway, anyway, uh, and uh, we and have we re- we haven't really talked about uh, Tracy and Gemma have we?
3: No we haven't and is Tracy being
4: truthful at home? No she, she's she got the sack hasn't she? I ring she's got the Do
3: sack. Do you? Oh god that's just awful. Yeah.
4: And uh, she just doesn't want to say because she knows um, that Chelsea will, will take it badly uh, because Ch- Chelsea will say that you know she got them on, the, uh, them on the sack and she did in part, yeah, she did in <laughs> part <yeah. laughs> no two ways about no. it and then they'll jazz or just just worry even more so so um mm. i think she's out in rear, and uh, she's just trying to cover it up
3: right well we shall see whether that prediction comes true uh
4: we will indeed now um going back to our little rundown and the script and I'm going to push this down and I'm going to edit that little bit out da, 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 da. Uh, so there you go uh, there's caller in uh, now it's time for email in a race
3: yeah we've had a few emails this week and the first one is from uh, sofa's hang on a second Royfield Nestor, get out of here Nesta Allez. Allez. sorry Doug is your dog bilingual yeah both of them are. Wow. They speak only French with Loic and they speak English and French with me. Orders tend to be in French because then they get the same order. But I do speak them in English as well and they don't seem to mind. So I think it's tone of voice, actually. Right, I'll
4: start well, again. I, I don't know about that. All I know oh God, is uh, as one a now. human being. <laughs> 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 as as a human, I am. Um, Utterly monolingual, but you've got two canines who are bilingual. My God, am I the weakest link on this podcast for <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: So let's look at these email winners. <clears throat> so our first email this week is from Sofa Spudnot. Hello, dumpty dum. Just wanted to say that after the excellent as always tweet along this week, I think we are definitely in two camps re-Russ, either thinking he is a great... uh, he's great supporting Chelsea or being suspicious knowing his previous history I wonder if it depends how long you've been listening for thanks for keeping going so lovely to have Royfield back second one's from Christine
4: My comment last week about Henry's mobile was made because I was sure I heard someone mention he was about to go to secondary school. According to my research, Henry was born on the 2nd of January 2011, which would make him 11 by now. Yes, uh, Christine, uh, you're utterly uh, spot on. I had completely when um, myself and Jacqueline were trying to speculate as to his age, I actually got mixed up with his little brother. So that's the reason why I made the mistake, because he was born, at least Helen went into labour when Nigel fell off the roof. And I did know that, but I got him mixed up um, with with his little brother. But yes, 11-year-olds, last year of junior school or primary school, that's when they all seem to get phones. It's pretty standard.
3: And also, can I say thank you to Christine for the lovely message I had from her today, today, this week. It was great. Thank you very much. Um, another message from Gadget Girlie.
4: I'm so glad that Chelsea has done the right thing, and I thought that Russ was much less creepy towards Chelsea this week and very supportive. Loving the podcast, thank you. And uh, our last email is from Claire.
3: I should listen again to the last couple of Dumpty Dums, but instead, I've decided to ask you direct. Please can you give me the details of the YouTube guy who does the 20-minute presentations on the English language? Many thanks. <clears throat> and very many thanks for the wonderful world of Dumpty Dum. My sister introduced me to it about four years ago. I love it. So, Claire,
4: the channel that you want is called Let Them Talk TV. And you will just find a whole plethora of great uh, videos there by by Gideon uh so uh whether it's how Dutch changed the English language six ways English is bloody difficult and what to do about it it just goes on and on and on Gideon's incredibly entertaining and um he's just a wonderful wonderful host so it's let them talk TV
3: and I I watched one this week and it was very entertaining now those are email emailerineras
4: and uh, don't forget uh, to uh, send us an email. <coughs> you can either do WhatsApp, which is plus four, four, seven, nine, five, seven, one, six, seven, six, nine, six. Or you can go on to dummiesandum.com and hit the contact us tab. Now, we have reviews from Apple iTunes. Oh, well, actually, we've got one from Apple iTunes and we've got two others. And they're all five stars. Woohoo! Uh, first one is called a lovely send off. What
3: a lovely send-off Dumpty Dum has given to June Spencer. I started listening to this podcast in June, and no one else in my family listens to The Archers. I feel as if I've found
4: my Ambridge home. And it says thank you, both Royfield and Jacqueline. And that's from Christine, aka Gadget Gurley. And from Pod Chaser. Now, remember, if you if you've written us a review on a platform other than Apple iTunes, please send us a link to it and then we will read it out.
3: Yeah, you can always send um, that to me uh, via private message on Twitter as well. The first one is from Triffid Oil Inc and was actually written on the 30th of May this year. Love listening to Royfield and Co. Insightful, silly and fun the hashtag Chickens of Ambridge want more chickens in it. And the second one is from Stone Dave, my favourite fan podcast all about
4: BBC's The Archers. Thank you for that, Stone Dave. So there's reviews. Uh, What has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the Facebook roundup of all the goings on in the dum dum Facebook group with our Sandra.
10: Hello, this is Sandra with a selection from the Facebook group. The forecasts of disaster at the festival last Sunday were wrong and it turned out to be a rather joyful event. But poor Joy, missing the celebs. Shirley Farrin-Anstey said, Hmm, Toya Wilcox, were they still looking for someone to open the Ambridge Fete? You're probably right, Shirley, and we'll soon find out. Of course, there were a few references to song lyrics in the comments. Jacqueline Bateau, j'accuse. Gemma's private prosecution turned out not to be a scam, as some thought. Glyn Fullerlove wondered how much it would cost and how long it would take. Fiona Caspers was right in thinking that Gemma would let it run for a few days to put the wind up Tracy. Tracy told Chelsea that everything was okay. But was it? Grace Shaw thought that Tracy was lying so Chelsea wouldn't feel worse about the situation. Most agreed, but Lillian McCarthy took it at face value at first. Then she heard what everyone else was saying. Lydia Cavendish wondered why Tracy hadn't spoken to Emma about her experience of Gemma. Well, Lydia, M has been very quiet of late. (laughs) Lila Toff is unhappy with the Gemma Tracy storyline and has found it triggering. A few people shared instances of bullying that had been aimed at them in the past. George featured last Sunday as well, and we know where that went. Rob Williams said George and Brad look like they're going to be an Ambridge remake of that hit programme Breaking Bad. Elizabeth Llewellyn thinks that the vaping bad storyline is absurd and Josh Steinhaus wondered if there was any money in this dumb plan. Paul Newman referred to Ed and Eddie remembering that George had said, when he was young, that he wanted to be a burglar. Burglar George, oh how we laughed. Paul expects George to follow in the footsteps of Uncle Alf and become a career criminal. Leo Horsmeyer remembered that back in 2011, George was impressed with Uncle Clive and that they played a burglar game together. There does seem to be some agreement that George is suffering from nicotine poisoning, as suggested by Jackie Aubrey. Many listeners understand why Will jumped to a conclusion of sepsis. Fiona Kaspers explained that the early symptoms are similar and Will is still hurting from Nick's death. And to end... Unlike Leo, some listeners have short memories. Hannah Kea asked if Toby had given up the gin making. Of course, Stephen Bowden remembered that um, Toby had sold it out to Shire some time ago. Well, that's all from me for now. Bye.
4: Thank you, Sandra. And thank you to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum dum Facebook group. But uh, we never completely close the book on Facebook without welcoming our new members. And this week we had Peter Price, Paul Collins, Moira Wilmot.
3: You can also find us on Twitter under dumtdum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so that the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the enjoyable tweet-along both in the evenings, in the week, and during the omnibus on Sunday. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum
4: on Twitter. Jacqueline, where can you be found?
3: I can be occasionally found on
4: there, at
3: Jberto Sanguan.
4: If we're talking Twitter, it must be Tweet of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin.
2: Hello Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. The Twitterati were in fine, humorous form following this week's storylines. The thread I recommend taking a look at is about the vaping flavours being uh, brewed up by Brad and George. In a thread started by Sarah Mattox, at Sarah Mattox, we have suggestions like Tumble Tussock, Hint of Scruff, Wet Llama, Ballistic Flapjack, or my personal favourite, bullshit, bullshit and Rank of Fear. Now, to the medals this week. Selected from a load of jokes about Breaking Bad or Breaking Brad, Am- Ambridge edition. In bronze position, it's a tweet from our friend Claire Asprey, at Claire J. Asprey. Can't help feeling that George and Brad are more only fools and horses than Breaking Bad. In silver, it's KJ at Eggstones. Ambridge, be afraid. No one will be safe from a lassnell production when Justin becomes her enforcer. And in gold, it's regular med- medalist Ian at Ruther Ian with a tweet that requires a tune. So I'll try and do it justice. When the horror bins in times of trouble, Dumpty Dumpty, Dumpty Dee, Russ speaking words of wisdom for Chelsea. God, that was awful, but sorry about that. That's it for this week. See you all again at the next tweet along.
4: As always, Bubble Pumpkin Theo, you have found three corkers, and I really enjoyed this week's thread. But yes, we're on Twitter, yes, we're on Facebook. We're all over social media, which means we should also be on Instagram. And we are. You can follow us on Instagram where we are at Dumdum. so please follow us there.
3: And thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. Also, many thanks to p
4: for their sterling work in the last year. There you go, folks. That would be a Dumdum. See you all in seven days' time for another rip-roaring, barnstorming episode of All Things in Breaking. Ambridge. Au revoir. Tati bye. There you go, Madame Bordeaux. belle. Look at that. Two minutes past ten.
3: Good gracious.